Hey, welcome to the Elijah Rising podcast where we are discussing the myths, misconceptions, and most asked questions about sex trafficking. I'm Adam, and today I'm joined by the executive director of Love People Not Pixels. This is Joe Madison. Hey, Adam. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm yeah. ready to get going. We're happy to have you here. Uh, Joe's a first guest on our new podcast. And as I said, he is the director of Love People Not Pixels, which is a Houston-based nonprofit fighting sex trafficking by reducing demand and eliminating access to the exploited. And this is the second episode in our series about the connections between sex trafficking and pornography. And the question that we're asking today in particular is, does pornography lead men to buy sex. And so before we jump specifically into the details of that question, Joe, you used to work a corporate job. Now you're the executive director of a nonprofit (laughs) and uh, you chuckle a little bit, right? So uh, why is that? Why do you now spend your days talking to people about pornography? I'm laughing because you, I blame you. I blame blame Elijah Rising. Okay. Um, (laughs) I say that tongue in cheek. You know, I almost get asked on a weekly basis, why do you do what you do? And yeah. I think they're expecting some earth-shattering personal story and experience. But really, um, it became something that was clear to me. We, I, I did house church for quite a while, and one of the people in our church sent me a link, and that link was uh, Elijah Rising's Van Tour. Oh, wow. It was about a seven-minute video just opened my eyes. And here's a guy who grew up in the area, right? Like I live yeah. in a bad neighborhood. I'm thinking that I'm pretty savvy. I just had no idea. And when it hit me, it became this uh, awareness, but almost like um, a burden of awareness. Yeah. And yeah. for about the next two or three days, it just kept tapping me on the shoulder. What are you going to do about it? Wow. And, uh, and so we took it back to our church on that Sunday, and we spent the entire Sunday talking and praying about it and uh, began to get involved. So you ruined our lives. Thank you, Elijah <laughs> You're welcome. Rising. I'm um, very happy to do that for yeah, you. Yeah, but it all came from, from awareness. And I can tell you, with our org, it is the highest compliment when somebody tells us, uh, love people, not pixels, they got this awareness and it caused them to take action. Yeah. And it's ruined their life. So we're trying to ruin some lives. Yeah. Hey, that's what it's all about, ruining lives, I guess. <laughs> but that it's that bringing the awareness to the people that, you know, they just didn't know. They just didn't have the, you know, the exposure to the issue, whatever the case may be. And we hear so often, you know, it's that kicked in the gut feeling when suddenly your eyes are opened to the issue. Um, And, you know, and that's why we've really chosen to do this podcast is for it to just be one more touch point where people can understand the issue. Um, And it's why we've chosen the connection between sex trafficking and pornography to be the first series that we do. Um, Because there's just not a whole lot of awareness out there about pornography, where it comes from, how it's produced, and its effects. So, as I said at the top of the show, you know, one of our goals here is to really uncover kind of those myths and misconceptions. So, what do you, as director of LPMP, what do you think is the biggest misconception about pornography consumption? Hmm. I know I'm supposed to say the biggest misconception is that it's harmless, but Man, it is so much deeper than that. It goes so much further than that. Um, It really is a lie that preys on uh, a public that doesn't truly understand what they're consuming. Yeah. We we come across men on a regular basis, and um, that is their story. I mean, let's put it this way. we have in our society products that have a chemical, they create a chemical change based on what's in that product. Right. And those products come with a warning label. Right. Cigarettes, warning label, alcohol. War- Man, we've got a warning label on 
energy drinks. Yeah. And rarity is right on the side. And so it's, a, it's an informed consumer who's making a decision, and pornography doesn't play that way. It's, uh, it, it, it's sad that not only is it not harmless, but we're consuming it, and it's changing us in a way that we never realize. You know, um, my own story, I struggled with porn for six or seven years. Yeah. And for a portion of that, I didn't think I was struggling. But then I realized it did. It started to change things. You know, it was changing my heart. It was changing my mind. It was changing my relationship with my wife. And, and that really caused me to be kind of introspective about, okay, am I consuming or being consumed? Oh, yeah. Because it was really yeah. the latter in my case. And we see it play out regularly. So when I, when I say that about uh, is it harmless, not harmless, um, you know, I'll even, I'll even kind of go a little further than that. So... Uh, I was kind of doing some review on a presentation we were going to do, and I saw this study, and the study was from these divorce attorneys of all people. Hmm. And they started to see this trend as they're talking to these couples, irreconcilable differences, they're ready to, uh, to end their marriage. They ask, what are some of the main factors? Yeah. And that trend was that they kept hearing pornography. So they decided to do a formal study. And almost 300 couples, so a, a pretty good-sized study, it's heartbreaking to hear, but 56% of them said pornography was one of the major reasons. So wow. there was this disassociation of intimacy. Yeah. And until it really came down to it, they didn't put their finger on it, but pornography was a huge part of that in their relationship. There, that story, those statistics, that makes me think of like an epidemic. Mm, yeah. Right. I mean, well over half are reporting that this is a significant cause to the destruction of a family yes relationship love yeah. intimacy you know continue you know and that's the way we talk about sex trafficking too it's yeah. this is an epidemic and it's destroying lives it's destroying intimacy it really it's is. destroying so many things and so there really is a clear connection between the two so let me ask you this um the question that we're talking about today is how does pornography lead men to buy sex mm. and i know this is the, this is the area that lpmp is working in specifically so yeah. tell us how, how does that happen how do yeah. how do you go from a porn consumer to suddenly you're soliciting prostitution yeah it seems like a jump and we keep them in these separate silos That's pornography right. okay personal choice strip clubs yeah maybe it's tacky but hey to each their own but sex buying, slavery, never. Never, that, right. You know, Too far. But we don't realize that they're connected. And, and I guess, really, when you're asking that question, I would answer with a question. So, you know, does pornography lead to sex buying? Do commercials lead you to buy a product? Uh, and, and, and do these ads really work to make you think, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I want that? Because pornography, in no uncertain terms, is really, it's human trafficking's greatest commercial. Yeah. Because think about what's happening. You've got a consumer... And a product, they're consuming that product. And that starts to make them think at some level, maybe I want that. Right. Now, that doesn't mean every man who's going to watch pornography will be a sex buyer. Sure. But I'll give you a very specific example. We work with Montgomery County for men that are arrested. Um, they're arrested, prosecuted, and for solicitation of prostitution. And sometimes they can have some consideration with their, whatever their, their jail time is um, to come to a class that we put on. Right. That class, I require two things. I require that they bring a partner because for men who are trapped in this cycle, they need to have somebody in that with them. And when you say a partner, you mean a spouse or an accountability spouse, partner? accountability or, partner, somebody okay. that sits next to them as they really do dig in right. to what brought me here. Why am I making these decisions? The other thing we require is we do have a questionnaire. And on that questionnaire, a portion of that is very porn specific. 
To a man, Adam, no exception. To a man, they're checking boxes that they are active porn consumers. And then they start to begin to make this connection that, wait a second, it's not separate. Mm. It's not just I'm a red-blooded American male. But the sad thing is that many times this is the first time that these men have talked to another man about pornography or about really what it's doing to them in terms of their consumption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you talk often, uh, just because we know each other and I've heard you give presentations, you talk often about something you call the escalation dynamic. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners, for the viewers, what, what, what's the escalation dynamic here? Yeah, so <laughs> I'd, I'd love to take credit for this, that I sat down and in my infinite yeah. <laughs> wisdom created this thing, right? But that's not how it happened. The way it happened is one of the ways we, we fight demand. When we say we confront it, we're on site when men are arrested. Hmm. They're literally sitting got their hands behind their back. They've been arrested minutes prior for solicitation of prostitution. HPD, Harris County, right. Montgomery County, they bring us in. And it's just really kind of an example of the collaboration that happens here in Houston um, to stop human trafficking. Well, when we're there, we have the opportunity to talk to these men. Yeah. And so just, just imagine this is a busy afternoon. We're working with Harris County. And uh, I was just finishing up talking to one man, having a discussion with him. And... The next guy's coming up. He's been standing there for a couple minutes. So I start talking to him. And this guy says, hey, hey, man, I appreciate what y'all are doing, but I don't have a problem. I'm just a single guy. I got caught. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> I was like, well, that's not uh, what I expected. But that's the common misconception, right? That's it. Yeah. That's absolutely it. And and I, I still give credit to God for what I said next, because what I would have said next probably would have been some uh, less than pleasant remark. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, man, I'm not really, I'm not really interested in telling you you have a problem that's not my place yeah. i wouldn't presume to do that can we just talk about what it's like to be a man in our culture right and man adam the next 10 minutes um it really was something that was so so i started at pornography and i asked him i said you know i read something recently and i learned that 88 percent of pornography has some violence against women yeah even soft core stuff that the fcc said is soft core why is that and so he didn't answer obviously he's kind of checked out i thought so i said well that's stair step because after you've watched some of this air quotes, single X porn or, or right. softcore porn, there is this inclination. Your, your mind changes and you start to be really escalated to that hardcore pornography. You need more. That's right. It's like a drug. Your right. brain, your, your brain is, is neuroplastic, right? It yeah. starts to change, change exactly how it functions. So for a while there, that's enough. And then for some men, okay, I've seen it, but I want to be around it. And so they're going to strip clubs yeah. um, or they're interacting on a webcam with some service that allows uh, them to call the shots. So mm-hmm. now they're really more engaged in it. Uh, and then still further, I'm talking to this guy and I was like, you know, the statistics of women who are, are adult entertainers are strippers, so to speak. Um, it's staggering to see what percentage of them were abused as a child, right. or sexually molested at some point. Right. And so I'm just trying to bring some truth into this. Um, and then, we kind of went a little further. So I've seen it. That's not enough. I want to be around it. And then finally, I've been around it. I really want to experience it now. So there's that realization of that commercial of pornography being a catalyst and then it actuating into an actual purchase. Yeah. Um, and here he is on the street. You know, these men are buying almost 3,000 men a day buy sex in massage parlors throughout Houston alone. Right. Just That's our city. Five times the national average. And it's staggering to think of that. Yeah. But when you think of that and you see the progression, you start to get some insight on how that can happen. And so I'm finishing up with them. Um, and, uh, and we're wrapping up. And I'm, I'm expecting them to pretty much blow me off because that's how we started, right? Right, so right. I, I was just like, I'm going to call him Mike. I said, Mike, look, 
I can call you in a couple of days if you want to give me your number. I can check. And I'm thinking that I'll just wrap it up. He interrupts me and says, you just described the last three years of my life. That escalation, that stair step. Deadpan every step up. Yeah. Yeah. He said, that's exactly what my life has been in the last three years. Lost a marriage, lost a job. Wow. This guy was at a, here in town for business, and he had become so skewed. He brought his 19-year-old daughter with him who was at the hotel. He was going to go do his work. Oh he was going to get serviced. And then they were going to go and, and go, to, uh, go to chemo together. And, wow. and that was just where his brain was. And so there's these examples of that one after another. And um, for the sake of time, I won't dig into more, but we work directly with men. I'm coaching one now who said, yeah. my brain was changed. I thought that buying sex from a stranger wasn't cheating on my wife. Yeah. It wasn't intimate. It wasn't a relationship. And after three months of, of really detoxing and not watching pornography, he said, I don't know how my brain got so poisoned. So there's some very real examples of that. Yeah. So we're going to take a, a short break here in the podcast. But when we come back, we'll talk, uh, we'll continue our conversation with Joe Madison, executive director of Love People Not Pixels. And we're going to uh, ask a few more questions about the connections between pornography and sex trafficking. And we're going to look at some solutions as well. So uh, see you in just a minute. Hey, everybody. I hope you are enjoying today's episode of the Elijah Rising podcast. Right now, I'm standing in the Elijah Rising store that sells goods that empower survivors of sex trafficking. All the items in this shop, the purchases support the employment as well as the restoration of women that are in our program. So please come visit us at 11th and Studewood or online at shop.elijahrising.org. And today on your first purchase, we're going to offer you $10 off if you shop online using code podcast. Welcome back to the Elijah Rising podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by Joe Madison, executive director of Love People Not Pixels. And Joe, we've been talking a lot about the myths and misconceptions surrounding porn, Mm. porn use, porn consumption, and how that um, can escalate into buying sex. But let's spend a bit more time on the harm question. Who's this harming? How is it harming them? What What do you say about that? Yeah, I think we do need to spend a little more time on it just in this podcast and as a culture. Um, yeah. You know, the porn industry, they've done a great job of steering uh, steering this conversation toward a morality and a religion-based uh, conversation. Yeah, well said. If, if, we, if we fall into that trap, then it's very easy to wave it off as judgment. It's very easy to wave it off as, hey, you've got this selective morality that you're applying to me. We've got to talk about what this really is, and that's a behavior and a health issue. Yeah. Kind of going back to the controlled substance before, the things that have a warning label on them because it changes chemically. Right. Uh, we're seeing more and more studies, and we, we know it's true, but we're seeing a lot of the studies that are really backing this up from a standpoint where consuming pornography is a health risk. Um, You know, I want to expand on that a little bit further and support it here. So the National Center for Biotechnology Information published a study titled Porn Addiction and Neuroscience Perspective. So they're really talking about what goes in my eyes, how it affects my brain and my behavior and so on. And so as we look at this from a behavior and health discussion, I'm quoting, if pornography addiction is viewed objectively, evidence indicates that it does indeed cause harm in humans with regard to relationships or pair bonding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's powerful. But really, to take it, unfortunately, in a darker way, they, they went right down to the correlation between uh, viewing child pornography and actually participating. And they're seeing a correlation of up to 85% wow. of people that viewed it and participated in child sex acts. So it's, it's heartbreaking to hear that. It makes us all uncomfortable. But if we don't take that truth in and realize, wait a second, this isn't just I'm a red-blooded American male, no big deal. Right. This is a behavioral and a health modifier. 
Yeah. And there are over 40 negative consequences to viewing and consuming pornography, spiritual, psychological, emotional, social and physical, uh, things that we don't really associate with them. But I mentioned those guys before that in our class. Right. One of the other things we give them is a listing of those 40 um, consequences. And we say, don't even put your name on it. This is a self-check. And this happens in the first 30 minutes of our class. We want them to come to terms with some of this. And so we ask them to check the boxes. Mm. It's heartbreaking, man. You see things in there that people say, I'm socially uh, I'm socially paranoid. I'm, I'm, I'm physically unable to perform with a person. Mm. There are these real, real consequences that we don't know about that are harmful things. And so the last part I'll say about that is we were in Austin last week and we were talking with um, Texas State Senate, the, the Committee on State Affairs. And one of the things they were focusing on is demand and what are some of the contributing factors to human trafficking. We have to, as a state, and this is really love people, not pixels, one of our main focuses in 2021, we have to, as a state, have a public resolution that declares porn a health crisis. Yeah. We've had 15 states beat us to it. Yeah, that's I right. Mean, yeah. Dude, we're losing to Florida and Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening in Florida and Kentucky, we love you. We love you. Thanks uh, for your uh, subscription. Yes. But yeah, for a state that prides ourselves on, on yeah. really taking it down, we've, we've got to look closely at that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks for your work that you, uh, you've been doing recently at the yeah. Capitol. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. Um, so let's say, let's say somebody's watching right now. Mm-hmm. They're watching us have this conversation. They're listening to us have this conversation, and they go, "I think Joe just described the past three years of my life, mm-hmm. right?" Or yeah. let's let's actually let's take it back even a step further. Let's say they're sitting here, they're listening, they're going, "You know, I don't think my pornography can. Cons- I didn't think my pornography consumption was that big of a deal, but I don't want to be a sex buyer." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're coming to terms with, okay, this porn thing, I got to get it handled. I've, I've white knuckled my way. I've tried, I've done it. I've tried to do it by myself. I don't want to tell anybody, um, but then I keep falling back into it. The shame comes back, you know, the whole dynamic. Yeah. So if some, if that person were here at this table instead of me and they said, Joe, how do I get free from this? So that I don't end up being a consumer of the sex industry. Yeah. What would you say to them? You know, we're dealing in truth here, okay? So let me preface my response with this. If you're watching porn, you're already a sex buyer. Mm-hmm. That's not a condemnation. For many people, that's a revelation. They, did, they would not have associated that. I think we've, I think we've established that yeah. consumption of pornography is being a commercial sex buyer. It's the same market. It is. And, and I, I would give this comparison. How much did you pay for your last Google search? Yeah. Or social engine search, search engine search, nothing. Right. What's one of the most powerful organizations on earth? Google. Google. Because you are creating a demand where they can go to their, their, uh, their customers and say, we had 3 billion clicks last week. The porn industry is the same business model. You don't have to get out your credit card to be a commercial sex buyer. Again, that's not a condemnation. That's just setting it where it is. Yeah. Because as we come to this realization, um, there's a purpose behind that. The realization is to move us to action to go, you know what? I think maybe this is something I need help with. Yeah. The first thing I would say is that you're being lied to and you're being manipulated. You're really just a click to this industry. They don't, they don't care about you. Right. right? You're, you are revenue. Find people that do care about you. Hmm. And, and sometimes it's hard, but the porn industry flourishes because it puts you in a shame box where you don't want anybody to know. Yeah. We all talk about how it's okay and we celebrate as a culture, but I'm not talking to anybody about it that I'm struggling. Yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier that I struggled for six or seven years. I never would have said that 
before. Yeah. Because um, of that shame. That's right. Keeps that's you boxed exactly in. what it was. Yeah. And I'm talking to, to men, but I'm also talking to young people. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we realize that the average age for exposure to pornography is around nine years old. We know that there are young people that are struggling with this. Yeah. And the last thing they want to do is have somebody they care about judge them. Mm. So how do we get past this, whether we're an adult or a young person or even a woman watching pornography? We seek help. Uh, either personally, because sometimes you do have those relationships with an uncle or an aunt, somebody that you right. really trust that you can bring in. Um, sometimes it's not personal. Sometimes it's professional. There are counseling services. If you're at work, there are uh, services for addictions for chemical and alcohol, mm. but you don't ever have to identify what the addiction is to your work. Right. You may just be struggling and thinking, maybe I am compulsive, uh, having a compulsion. So there are ways to get uh, help through your work. Yeah. Um, there are ways to get professional help through organizations like Love People Not Pixels. If you're struggling and you're watching this or listening to this, I want to invite you, please, email defender at lpnp.org. That's going to go directly to our organization. We are then going to reach out to you and talk about some ways where we might be able to walk with you. Uh, one of the reasons the email address is defender at lpmp.org is because we call our volunteers defenders. Yeah, that's right. We equip them in a way just to come side by side, shoulder to shoulder. Like none of this judgment. We take the judgment and all that out of it because yeah. our defenders know they've either been there or they understand to some degree what it is to be tricked and have that compulsion. We want to free. We want to see free people mm-hmm. to be able to flourish and have that freedom and restoration. Yeah. So it can be a personal connection that you have. Uh, if you're a young person. You can trust maybe a school counselor or, or somebody in your life that you care about, that cares about you, because this industry does not get past that shame because it's not your fault. Hmm. You're lied to and you're suckered. And yeah. if we can help, reach out to us as well. Yeah, and um, another plug for LPNP, you guys also have a Defender program where you'll walk with married couples, That's right? right. That's who, not just men or women who have a problem, but specifically married couples. Yeah, you'll put a you. spouse with a spouse, a woman with a woman, a man with a man, and walk that journey together as, as right. Yeah. That, that's such a good note. Thank you yeah. for bringing that up because we tend to focus on the buyer or the person who's struggling, and that's right, we should, but we don't realize the trauma that is incurred by a spouse who yeah. says, why wasn't I good enough? Right. Why did he turn to that? Right. I thought he loved me. It feels like adultery. Uh, there, oftentimes we hear the term, uh, this betrayal syndrome. What we do is we, we pair the spouse, usually a woman, uh, sometimes it's a man. Sure. But we'll pair them with somebody who's been down that road. And no judgment. You can talk for an hour a week. You can grab yeah. coffee and just talk about what it's like to work through that. And the part of the Defender program is our defenders are not therapists. Our defenders are facilitators yeah. that can come alongside somebody who's struggling. And we, LPMP as an organization, has connected uh, those, those defenders with resources to refer people to that are trained therapists, that are behavioral therapists, yeah. that are people that can really bring some of that good information and the truth versus all the poison that they've been consuming. Such good work. So uh, last question I have for you, Joe, is what would a world without pornography look like? <laughs> oh. Okay, world. So uh, my thought is drawn to globally. Yeah. Uh, globally, we would see an instant, an enormous reduction in exploitation and trafficking. Yeah. Bottom line, pornography, you take that out, you take out a systematic exploitation, um, and you take out buyers as well. Mm. We start to change that mindset. We get to the point where it's not enough to shame somebody. We've got to change the heart so they never buy again. That's right. And we've got to 
eliminate the commercial conduit for bringing people in. And demand requires supply, and supply is fulfilled by human trafficking, and pornography creates demand. Um, that's globally. I guess personally, uh, we'd see a return to intimacy. We'd mm. see um, connection with spouses. We'd see great sex, man. We wouldn't see great sex. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we, we, we'd see relationships to rediscover great sex because man yeah, pornography right. is not sex right yeah that's right that's uh, right yeah. a sexual act without involving that partner who you love and care about yeah. and, and are intimately connected to that is not sex right when you're able to have sex oh, man the stories that i hear from men who've gone through the program worked with a defender and gotten to the point where they've cleared their mind they're off of porn they rediscovered this this healthy mm. obsession almost with their spouse and, and being affectionate. Imagine that. Having that affection. Wow, yeah. what a plan, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost that, as if God designed it that way. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. you know, it's almost as if. So yeah. that, that's, where, that's where I could see some immediate immediate yeah. change. Yeah. That's incredible. Joe, thanks for joining us on the podcast yeah, today. And great. if you uh, want more information about Love People Not Pixels, uh, where would they go? How would they find you guys? So you go to our website. is lpnp.org that's love people not pixels.org uh, you can like us on facebook uh, you, you love people not pixels as well search us there on instagram same name uh, find us because while you may hear a podcast and it may hit and resonate with truth you're going to get busy you're going to go make dinner you're going right. to move on it's best to have something where uh, we, you'll tap you on the shoulder and remind you of really some of the truths that are out there and how to continue to have these healthy, flourishing relationships and get help. Yeah. Yeah. And if uh, if you're listening, watching, and you want to take a next step, uh, there's all sorts of ways you can do that. One way to make an impact uh, on this right now is our friends at Exodus Cry have launched a petition to shut down Pornhub, one of the largest or the largest uh, porn carriers on the internet. Uh, and they, they are have written a petition to shut down Pornhub and hold its executives accountable for aiding in sex trafficking. So you can go to traffickinghub.com right now, uh, and we'll put the link in uh, the details of the episode here, and you can sign that petition. Um, Elijah Rising is a sponsoring organization on that petition, and so we invite you to go do that. Additionally, if you're looking for more information or other ways to get involved, you can visit ElijahRising.org, uh, visit our website, and look at the different ways that you can get involved with with our work. You can visit us on Instagram as well at Elijah Rising uh, and most social media platforms. You can also shop our social enterprise store at shop.elijahrising.org and a, a version of this very podcast and all the podcasts that we record, a video version of that can be found on YouTube. So go to YouTube and subs subscribe as well. Uh, rate us, uh, do all the things, tell your friends, share things. it. Uh, Let's get this information out there because it's so important. Yeah. Joe, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time.